mind, but she's out of state. He leaned against the windowsill. I think I can have her here in a week, by next Monday. Mitch folded his arms, his expression hard. Some girl you met at a club, Matthews? Someone you made drunken promises to? Is that what you want me to wait for? No. Dane held up his hand. She's the real deal. Give me a chance. A moment passed when Dane wasn't sure which way the casting director was leaning. Then Mitch swept up the six files and the clipboard and shot him a look. One week. He was halfway out the door when he turned once more and met Dane's eyes. She better be good. Dane waited until he was alone to look out the window again. What had he just done? Buying a week meant putting the other talent on hold. It meant playing with a budget of tens of millions of dollars so he could find a girl he'd just seen once and ask her to read for a starring role opposite him in a major motion picture, all when she might not have the interest or ability to act at all. The idea was crazy, except for one thing. In the past year, the only time he'd seen genuine innocence was when he'd watched this same girl light up the stage at a small theater in Bloomington, Indiana, directing the chaos of a couple dozen kids in costumes at the close of what was apparently the theater troupe's first show. He remembered most of what he'd seen that day, but still the details were sketchy. The location of the theater was easy, something he could definitely find again, but he had almost no information on the girl except her name. Dane gripped the windowsill and leaned his forehead against the cool glass. He could fly out and try to find her, but that would bring the paparazzi out of the woodwork for sure, make them crazy with questions about why Dane Matthews was in Bloomington, Indiana, again. He turned and grabbed his keys and cell phone. There had to be a way to reach her, to ask her out to Hollywood for an audition without the story making every tabloid in town. He opened the back door of the office building and felt a blast of warmth as the sunshine hit his face. He crossed the studio's private parking lot to his black escalade near the bushes and high privacy fence. Usually, the studio back lots were free of the press hounds. Sometimes a lone photographer would climb the trees or sit on adjacent hillsides with high-power cameras trained on the office door. This time of the day, there wouldn't be too many camera hounds on the hunt. Besides, his SUV was new. Only a few of them would know it was him behind the tinted windows. He pulled out of the studio lot and turned left on La Cienega Boulevard. Two blocks down, he looked in his rearview mirror and saw a familiar Volkswagen. Paparazzi. Even now, even with his new vehicle. He shrugged. Whatever. They can't crawl into my mind. Once in a while, he liked to lead them on. He glanced in his rearview mirror again and shrugged. He could use a little amusement. He turned into the Starbucks strip mall, but instead of stopping in front of the coffee shop, he parked near the Rite Aid three doors down. He grabbed his baseball cap, slipped it low over his brow, and headed inside. There wasn't another person in the store. Dane dashed to the magazine rack and found the current editions of each of the four national gossip rags, the colorful, busy magazines that reported all manner of information regarding celebrities. The old, white-haired man at the register didn't recognize him. That'll be nine fifty-eight. Dane gave the man a ten-dollar bill. 
Dane walked outside, scanned the parking lot, and found the Volkswagen and the camera aimed straight at him. Then, with broad, dramatic gestures, he jerked one of the magazines from the bag and appeared to stare, shocked, at the cover. He covered his mouth and pretended to be absorbed in some scandalous story. After a minute, he saw a group of teenage girls headed his way. They hadn't recognized him yet, but they would. He slipped the magazine back in the bag, saluted the photographer, and slid back into his SUV. The fun was over. Enough of the cameraman. He hit the lock button on his keychain, made sure his windows were rolled up tight, then pulled into the Starbucks drive through lane. By the time he hit Pacific Coast Highway, the double espresso was gone, and he'd forgotten about the photographer or whether the guy was still behind him. The girl from Bloomington. That's all he could think about now. How was he going to find her without flying to Indiana? And how crazy was he to tell me?